Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 148 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And it is time for us to sit back, relax, have a beer, talk about the Bible, do the things that we do all the time. Michael, what's going on with you? We don't do it all the time. We don't <laughs> we don't drink beer and talk about the Bible every single moment of every single day. But most um, of the time. Some of the time. Um <laughs> Dude, we're good. We're excited about what's coming up here. Actually, when this releases, we'll be there. It will be That's in right. Danville when this releases. So yes, if, if you miss, if you're not it, at the for the sake, then whatever, you're not cool. They could still be cool. <laughs> they could be cool. They probably are cool. So, um, but we're excited about that coming up in the next week or so. Um, and uh, that'll be a fun time for us. We're not going to advertise it because. Again, this will be well. It'll be mostly over by the time this releases. So, um, yeah, man, think things are going good. Uh, same old, same old. How about you, man? Uh, we're doing good too. It's uh busy weeks, busy times around uh Casa de Kiddo, and we are just hanging out. Uh, I'm actually not at home. I'm traveling on the road tonight. Had to had to make a work trip, kind of a last minute trip, and doing that and. You know, after that, just a whole lot of nothing else for the rest of the weekend until we get ready to head out to the conference in Danville next week. Yes, sir. That'll be a fun time. It will be. It will be. Well, we should get right down to it. What are you going to drink tonight? So tonight from uh, Resolute Brewing Company based in, I saw it a second ago, somewhere in Colorado. Fort Collins, Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado. I have the Resolute Hefeweizen. Um, their website has it coming in at 4.8% ABV with 13 IBUs. Um, and it describes it as a beautiful, hazy, straw-colored, refreshing German wheat beer with high carbonation. So, um, nice. a German beer. Hefeweizen. That is a German beer. Yeah. It was just fitting. It's the last Thursday in October that we're recording. So it's true. Oktoberfest is pretty much over. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> what do you got? Nice. For me tonight, I have, uh, I'm doing a back 40. You did the truck stop honey a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm doing the Bama Mosa. It is a brute with uh brute ale with orange juice. Uh, so I'm guessing this is a play on a mimosa. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe you could call this a redneck mimosa. Um, it is back 40, which is made in Gadsden, which if you know anything about Alabama and Gadsden, you know, um, that's appropriate. So 
it, they describe it as uh, it says Bama Mosa is a handmade brute style ale with orange juice added. The perfect do perfectly balance juicy citrus flavor and exceptionally dry finish results in a refreshingly crisp beer that can be enjoyed almost in any setting. No champagne glass required, which is fitting for me because I have no glass tonight because I'm on the road. So <laughs> you could have gone down to the the lobby and been like, "Excuse me, um, do you have any glasses that?" You could also put in a refrigerator. <laughs> Do y'all have any chilled beer glasses? Like, <laughs> and you give you like a plastic cup. And you're like, here you go. <laughs> it's probably what they would give me. Well, so let's not delay this any. Let's get to drinking. Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one. Crack. I almost feel like I shouldn't pour mine up. <laughs> Just because I'm not pouring mine up. Yeah. Uh, that you should anyway. Not- this that thing doesn't smell great. This thing smells really good. Mine does not smell good at all. This this may be this may be a surprise. So this uh this comes as a, a recommendation from my buddy Tyler. We've talked about Tyler before. It does come in at seven percent ABV, um, and only five and a half IBUs. Um, but uh, he said it was really good, and so I was like, well, I'm gonna try it. And we're going to see if it's any good or not. So, Tyler, if this is not any good, then I'm coming after you. So, there you go. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> My, mine does not smell good. Like, it's like it, it's got a weird smell. Mine smells weird, but it uh, like it smells like what I would expect it to smell like. It smells like beer and orange right. juice. Right. Mine so. is, I guess mine just smells like Germany. <laughs> like Germany? <laughs> Smells like German. <laughs> uh, that's what Germany smells like. Ugh. Hard mind. pass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Never. Okay. Let's let's get to drinking. Let's do it. Bottoms up. Cheers. Okay. I feel like you should go first, but I can go. I can go. I'm pretty locked in here. Do it. So. Oh, that's that flavor. Okay. I didn't read the can. (laughs) I read the website, but I only read part of it. So here's what the can says. A labor of love and tradition, Resolute Hefeweizen is brewed with wheat malt, a deft dash of noble hops, and a historic yeast strain that offers flavors of banana, spice, and subtle vanilla. And it's definitely banana. It's definitely okay. (laughs) I was like... What is that weird flavor in there? <laughs> and then I read banana. that it's banana. So <laughs> with that expectation now, um, it's actually like, it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I had the banana bread beer like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not as good as that was. I don't even remember what I gave that. I think you gave that one five Luthers. Uh, yeah, probably. Yep. Sure did. So, um, I don't, this isn't even like a four and a half. This is probably going to be, I mean, the flavor's good. Is the carbonation is really carbonated. Like it said something somewhere. I don't remember where I read it, but it says something about it being like, it's got, a. it's very heavily carbonated. Yeah. And that's kind of a little off-putting for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm going to have to give this one like three and a half liters. Three and a half. Yeah. Mostly because of the carbonation. Yeah, the carbonation. It's not as smooth. Like 
there's a fine line between like crisp carbonation and just mm-hmm. like over carbonated. And yep. they cross that line, I think. The yep. flavor's good and it's really light. Like it's not overly heavy or anything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, that, that it's a little too heavily carbonated for my taste. There you go. So three and a half out of five. Three and a half is not terrible. Um, the uh, the Bama Mosa here is is a, is kind of fun. Um, it's definitely got an orange juice flavor, and mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what a brute ale is. I'm not, you know, the difference between a brute ale and a regular. Ale, I'm not real sure. Um, but it's the flavor of it is interesting because it's like it's like um, it's almost like a screwdriver. Okay. And so like it, the the aftertaste of the beer almost has like, and then maybe it's the dry like it's that dryness that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it almost has like a, a vodka-esque type of finish. And so screwdrivers are not my favorite drink. I'll I, you know, I'll enjoy them. And if if you got good vodka, then then a screwdriver can be really good. But this it like if I were to give this beer a name, it would not be Bama Mosa. It would be Redneck Mosa um, because this is Redneck beer all day mm-hmm. long. Like I, I'm, I'm not surprised they don't uh, advertise this to basic white chicks because I feel like they would be all over this on a Sunday morning brunch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's got decent flavor. It's good. I wouldn't call it exceptional um, or great. Um, it's just good. It's it's kind of there. Um, the orange juice and beer thing is is really interesting and and kind of uh, what's it's it's I don't want to say cliche. That's not necessarily what I'm looking for, but it it's 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 just interesting. It's a I don't even know the word I'm trying to think of right now. Unique, maybe it's unique. Uh, okay. They were trying to do something unique, and they halfway succeeded at doing something unique maybe mm-hmm. um it's a for me it's a three luther beer okay it's a three luther beer for me um it would be three and a half if it tasted a little bit better if the finish was a little bit better but th- it's kind of cool getting that that orange juice from the outset and then not having champagne like it, especially if you've ever drank a mimosa not having a champagne at the end um so i don't know it's it's good it's not great. I'm I'm glad I tried it at least once. Um, I have four, so I'm and I'm on the road, so I might just drink them all four tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there you go. It's a three Luther beer for me. Well, there you go. The Bama Mosa getting three Luthers out of five from Anthony, and the Resolute Hefeweizen getting three and a half Luthers out of five for me tonight. There is our beer review for the week, and after the short break, we are going to jump into our uh, the next book of the Bible that we're going through. Um, Ooh, we're finally we are, on the next book. We've been in Psalms <laughs> for a few weeks now in our book by book study through the Bible, um, and tonight we're going to uh, tackle the book of Proverbs. So um, don't go anywhere. Stick around, and we will be right back.
Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to dive into tonight, the book of Proverbs. We're going to hit the whole book of Proverbs. We're not going to spend 77 weeks on the book of Proverbs um, like we did on Psalms. We didn't really spend 77 weeks, but it felt like 77 sometimes. <laughs> we could have spent 150 weeks. We, we could have. Yes, we could have. Um, but no, we're going to we're going to fly through the book of Proverbs tonight. We're going to try to get the whole book done in one night um, because Proverbs and Psalms, there are some similarities. And mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll reference that a little bit back and forth. But, yep. you know, this is another wisdom book. Um, this is not necessarily Psalms uh, or songs. It is not Psalms for sure, uh, but it's not songs. Uh, these are mostly poetry mm-hmm. here in Proverbs. And then um, everybody's favorite part is when it gets through like chapter 10 to the end, uh, where it's just like zinger after zinger. It's like one liner and, and, and it just goes and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Get them. (laughs) So let's talk about the book of Proverbs. This is a series of poems. Um, they focus on praising wisdom and they go, uh, they set wisdom against folly so many times. And there's going to be a couple of these contrasting things that we're going to talk about repeatedly tonight because it's a repeated theme in the book of Proverbs. Um, but most of this book is a collection of just kind of single saying Proverbs, what we were just talking about, the 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 zingers. Um, and they're from sages who taught wisdom within Israel. And these are, you know, think about guys like Solomon, uh, Agur, Lemuel. These are guys who uh, taught wisdom in Israel. And it, they, you know, whoever compiled the book of Proverbs did it with their their sayings and so mm-hmm. there's no writer uh specifically so think about think about similar to like the chronicler you know the chronicler was a person who kind of gathered everything up and like when you're reading kings you say you know the the rest of the story is written by the chronicler and and so mm-hmm. um the the proverbial no that's not the right word the proverber i don't know the person who gathered up all the proverbs and put them in a book uh is is kind of like the the chronicler and so you're going to see a lot of repeated themes in in this book. Um, one of the big ones uh, that stands out and really draws from Psalms as well, because you hear this in Psalms several times, is the repeated theme of wisdom beginning with the fear of the Lord. There's There mm-hmm. are multiple verses that say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yep. Uh, and so that you have to you have to. It, it's almost like you read and then you reset and then you read and then you reset. You got to you got to remember that all of the yep. wisdom that you can get is coming from or is set inside of a framework of making wise choices. And where does wise choices begin? They begin with um, the fear of the Lord. Um, and so w- what you end up with sometimes is these contradictory one-liners. Um, and the one you know I can think of right off the top of my head is Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. One of those says, don't answer a fool in his folly. And then the very next verse says, answer a fool in his folly. And so that, that all that goes to serve to show is that none of these statements in Proverbs uh, are not these like all encompassing commands. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have to, it's, it's almost like you, you say, you take it with a grain of salt. You take something with a grain of salt, you listen yeah. to it, you learn from it, you learn how to apply it. Um, and, and you can't just say, well, that's what the proverb says, because I mean, you got, you literally have two contradictory proverbs back to back at right. one point in this book. So, yeah, we talked about um, way back in episode one, the ver- uh, Proverbs 21 wine is mm-hmm. a mocker and beer is a brawler. Yeah. Um, 
and how we said that like it's a this is a wisdom book this is a book about um where to find wisdom and yeah i, th- I think it's funny that a lot of people like to throw this particular i'll sit on this first for a second this yeah. particular verse out they say wine is a mocker beer is a brawler mm-hmm. and they leave it at that yeah but there's they like another read, they half. don't read the rest of the verse there's another half of the verse that says <laughs> and whoever is led astray by it is not wise yeah you know the the wise person knows to not let alcohol dictate yep their direction mm-hmm. and that's where um you know those who are uh wise in the lord and are following him and uh get that wisdom from him they yeah yeah we don't have to explain it any further than that i don't think <laughs> but i was thinking about that in you know over the course of this afternoon is like we talked about that way way back yeah and it's you know here we are. Now we're in Proverbs. <laughs> Here we are talking about it again. Imagine that. So. Um, no, it's it's that's exactly right. And what that what that teaches us is is it teaches the reader of Scripture. Um, hopefully, we're all readers of Scripture. Hopefully, we're all learners of Scripture. But it teaches us how to find a full and godly life, and mm-hmm. we do that by finding and seeking the wisdom that comes from God, which is mm-hmm. in the fear of the Lord. Think of James chapter one. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask from God who gives it bountifully is a good word, you know? And so it's, it's, but, but you got to remember that, that you, this is not a, a rub your genie magic pot and you're going to instantly get wisdom kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You asking and seeking is something that is done on a daily basis. And so part of asking and part of seeking is reading the word, learning, using the intellect that God gave you to grow more and more in how you can learn wisdom and apply it to your life. Yeah. And so, um, you know, all of that. And so so put all of that that we just talked about into this this framework that we're going to talk about tonight as we dive into advice for Proverbs and as we walk through an overview of Proverbs Mm -hmm. and just keep letting the idea of wisdom is begins with the fear of the god the fear of god yeah okay so take us through some advice on how we can read proverbs so when reading proverbs there's a it's quite a bit to remember here um so it's a lot like reading the psalms in that they can be read out of order that's not a cohesive like beginning to end story it's mm-hmm. not an, it's not necessarily a narrative. Right. Um, think of it about it like reading an encyclopedia. Unless you are a nut job, <laughs> you don't sit down and read an encyclopedia <laughs> cover to cover. True that. Facts. Can I say that? <laughs> I did. So anyway. Um, but when you're reading Proverbs, um, it shouldn't just be like this haphazard, like I'm going to read Proverbs 2 and then Proverbs 28 and then Proverbs mm-hmm. 4 and then Proverbs 19. Like – there's still structure again, yeah. like an encyclopedia. Encyclopedias usually are um, arranged either alphabetically or by topic. I think mm-hmm. it's actually almost always alphabetically. So there's still structure there, and there's structure to the Book of Proverbs, which I had never really thought of. I, it just seems kind of haphazardly put together yeah. to me. But, <laughs> um, but, but, um, so the the Book of Proverbs has a preamble, um, the first seven verses of chapter one. Mm-hmm. And think of those as your introduction 
um, in an encyclopedia, um, like the preface, like the, yeah. it, it's going to set this is setting the tone for what you're about to read. Exactly. Um, you, you know, the other thing that I think about, which I didn't put in the notes, but it just dawned on me. Uh, it's think about the preamble to the constitution. Yes. You know, we, the people of the United States in order to form a more perfect unit to establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. I can't remember the rest of it. Do ordain. <laughs> no, it, no. Provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare. welfare. I'm having a hard time not singing the song. <laughs> <laughs> but but like that's what a that's what a preface does is it yeah. sets up basically how you're supposed to be reading everything that comes after it yeah you know and when it comes to an encyclopedia or a reference book a lot of times the authors will include a preface mm-hmm. or an introduction that says hey here's the way this book is designed here's the what the purpose of it is mm-hmm. is is for you to understand it so that you can get the most out of it as you flip back and forth through this thing, because I understand you're not going to read it cover to cover, yeah. but you're going to go to page 287 and you're going to read some stuff there. And then you're going to go do something else. And you're going to come back to page 156 and you're going to read something there. And yeah. here's the purpose of why you're reading what you're reading. Yeah. That's what that, that preface does. Well, and even in like in other books that have prefaces, like the author will typically write that and say, this is where, the book came from or this is mm-hmm. where the idea for the book came from and that helps you get into the mindset of the writer oh yeah and and figure out where he or she got this idea whether it's a book on leadership or on mm-hmm. uh, faith or on um whatever it could be you get an idea of where they're coming from so you know kind of where we're going exactly and so that's kind of what these first seven verses in Proverbs are that that's yeah. set is setting the tone for the next 31 chapters. Exactly. Um, so we're going to see the contrast of wisdom and folly mm-hmm. um, paralleling the contrast of wickedness and righteousness. Anthony, you already talked about the wisdom and folly back and forth. That's going to be pretty prevalent throughout the book. Yeah. Um, uh, there's literary, literary form and function, mostly poetic. Anthony also already hit on that. So don't need to <laughs> expound on that anymore. All I can um, think of is that meme with the dude hitting the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but because here's something that's interesting, and I think we lose this a lot in scripture, mm-hmm. especially in America. We forget. I don't. I don't know if it's forget, but we might maybe choose to not remember mm-hmm. that it wasn't written in English. So when we say like. Oh, the book of Proverbs is poetry literature. Yeah. Or or Song of Solomon is poetry. Like, but to us, poetry should rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't rhyme in English. That's because it wasn't written in English, you, <laughs> you knucklehead. Um Newsflash, <laughs> English was not the first language on the earth, just in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> but that dude said Jesus was never mind. It's fine. Um, so um, so poetry, uh the poetry was originally Hebrew, so some mm-hmm. of the rhythm and rhyme gets lost in translation. Um, I love this example, Anthony. You, you, you said, um, think about trying to explain the phrase, a penny saved is a penny earned, to someone who doesn't speak English or isn't mm-hmm. American. Yeah. Like, that, well, shoot, there's maybe some Americans who don't understand, like, saving? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, so, like... Think of it that way. Think think of what we're talking mm-hmm. about here when we talk about rhythm and rhyme. Yeah. Um, 
the Proverbs function to offer instruction, not commands. Again, mm-hmm. Anthony, you've done like half my work here. That's great. <laughs> um, so, but here, here's something cool. Here's something well interesting. I think we've we've talked a lot about context. We've talked a lot about getting a context for verses. Mm-hmm. You know, people pluck verses out of context or or choose not to include context. But the book of Proverbs, there's not like necessarily a ton of context for Mm -hmm. a verse. Like it's just kind of like, oh, there it is. And we're moving on because there's not a who wrote it to whom, for what, when, Mm -hmm. why. There's not there's not a lot of that with the book of Proverbs. Um, So I think that's I think that's part of the difficulty of Proverbs is understanding what contextually the meaning of a verse is and then bringing that to like a current our current time. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's it's interesting because there there is a context in which the proverbs were written. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's behooving to the reader to actually try and attempt to get to that context. Um because that's going to help you understand where that that writing is coming from. Right. Okay. And so, I mean, think about this. Think about a young Israelite um eight years old, 10 years old, you know, something like that. They're, they're memorizing the Torah. Okay. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They're mm-hmm. memorizing that word for word on a daily basis. And inside of that context, they're also being taught these proverbs. And so you have this, you know, that's, that almost helps you understand. And so take the proverbs back to the context of what somebody would have been going through in Leviticus or mm-hmm. Exodus or Genesis, you know, how would they have understood it then? How would they have understood it after all of those are written, after Deuteronomy is written? And and they're learning all of these things and they're, you know, maybe they're in exile or they're not in exile, mm-hmm. but they're still learning all of these things because a lot of times that can influence the way that you understand. And, and I think that's a really good I guess at least bare minimum, it's a good thought process to bring into reading Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's go back to the one that we that we like to to kind of harp on, which is Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, beer is a brawler. Okay, well, if somebody's learning this proverb or they're understanding this proverb in the context of learning the law at the exact same time, they're they're understanding that that Deuteronomy says you know you can you can give somebody a drink for medical healing or or something like that or it you you've got these different contexts that they're learning how to apply and it says okay mm-hmm. this thing is good in moderation or this thing is good when you do it a certain way or this thing is good when you have this this rule and this guideline you have a to parameter control. around it yeah yeah mm-hmm. and but when you get outside of that those who are led astray when you get outside of all this stuff that's when it becomes a problem and and so that's the way that a lot of these israelites in the day would have read verses like that or would have understood verses like that is in the context of the torah and what the torah teaches them to do and so you know much like you know okay let's go back to a penny saved a penny earned americans understand a penny saved is a penny earned because we live in a context of 21st century where we have pennies in our hand. Um, and, and so it's, we understand what it means to save money and how we can do things to, to, you know, instead of spending $20 on something, you save a little bit of money and you spend 15 or, or you're able to negotiate down or whatever the context is that you're able to keep 
a little bit of the money that you have. Um, and, and so that's, you know, that's our context for understanding a penny saved is a penny earned. But if you tell that to somebody from um, Norway, you know, a penny saved is a penny earned. The first question they're going to ask, what in the world's a penny? I don't even know what a penny is. What is that? <laughs> and so it helps us understand scripture better is what it does. So there's your advice for reading the book of Proverbs. And now we're just going to go through the overview here quickly. Um, there's not much to like harp on, but there are some uh, points that we want to hit. Um, so the first seven verses of chapter one, we already talked about tonight is the preamble. Um, it sets up the book theme of uh, wisdom versus folly um, and uh, righteousness versus wickedness or unrighteousness or however you want to uh word that um and then we get into the prologue which is the next which is the rest of chapter one through chapter nine mm -hmm. um it's going to help you understand um the more individual proverb section where we get into those like uh zingers that anthony was talking about earlier um but uh the prologue is a series of lessons from a father to his son about just life in general about yeah. how to deal with certain things in life how to learn from them and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you're, if you're following along with us in the book, um, they actually break down all of these lessons and, and I would encourage you go through and read them. I mean, it's definitely worth, we, I, I don't think we need to spend some time discussing them. Um, but you got, you basically have wisdom stuff going on and, and the, it's, it's just parental advice that's happening here. Um, mm. And so, so, you know, that's why I've, it's good to go back and read it and definitely go through and read the, the scriptures associated with it. But if you want to dive deeper into that, dive into the book right here in this section. So if you dive into those, then that's going to bring you to our next section, which gets us to the first kind of run of what we call Proverbs of Solomon. Um, this runs chapters 10, chapter 10, all the way through most of 22 um, it's going it, to, uh, some of the end of 22 is, is a different section, but, um, what we're going to see here is just a constant repetition of this wisdom, folly, wicked, righteous theme. Um, and then some of the other things that they're going to talk about here is like worth and sloth, work and sloth. I'm sorry. I said that it's said worth, uh, work and sloth, truth and lying relationships, personal attitudes, ways that Christians can, uh, be introspective about a lot of stuff. Uh, right here comes from these verses. Um, but in all of these themes, there is still this emerging pattern. And, you know, what's funny is, is uh, the book actually recommended this. They said, take a, a pen or a colored pencil or a highlighter and highlight different themes with different colors and see how that plays out in scripture. I've never done this. And I thought it was pretty interesting. I may try to do it one time um, just to see, you know, highlight everything that is work related with a certain color, everything that is wisdom related with a certain color and, and see where all the different themes come in and play out and how they interweave throughout all of these chapters. Because mm -hmm. um, I think you'll see a, a bunch of fun little patterns kind of emerge if you do that. Um, but in chapter 15, we see almost this like part two of the wisdom of Solomon. Um and, and it, it changes a little bit as far as just the pattern is concerned. It, it's not so much these one-liners uh, or these one-line zingers that happen, whereas it's it moves to a 
like a two line or, or it makes a point or it's doing, it's just doing a little bit more that the literary structure changes slightly right here. Um, not so much the point or, or anything else like that. It's really just a matter of the way that the literary structure shifts in chapter 15. And so that brings us to the end of chapter 22. So take us through some of the sayings of the wise. So the sayings of the wise section is the rest of chapter 22 through chapter 24. Um, and the range of topics gets really broad here. Um, and we also see that the form and structure changes again. So mm -hmm. there's been a couple of different changes to the form and structure already as we're getting close to the end of the book of Proverbs here. Yeah. Um, do you think that's because different people wrote it? Like I know there's not an author associated, but like I, I would like I think except for the Solomon stuff, but like mm -hmm. if someone else is writing, I would think that their form and their structure is going to be different. Oh, absolutely, and and you know some of them are assigned to a certain person. You know, you have uh, I think we're going to get down to thirty and thirty one, which are um, definitely assigned to like Edgar and Lemuel. Um, mm -hmm. But that those uh, uh, we mentioned them earlier, but those are not the only people who are encompassed in the book of Proverbs. So, um, you know, this chapter 22 through 24 is definitely just a collection of, of probably I don't know. I'm, I'm going to speculate for just a minute, but think, you know, these are probably very wise rabbis that taught. They said something or go back to the times of the judges. Um, mm -hmm. The judges were brought up for specific reasons of deliverance. Maybe some of them are brought from them. So there's a lot of times when um, leaders of Israel in the past made points, and it's entirely possible that a lot of those points are brought in by the person who assimilated the Proverbs here. So are you saying that the, a lot of the Proverbs are like retweets? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Proverbs is the original Twitter for sure. No okay. doubt. <laughs> Got it. That's what makes sense to me. Because it does feel like there's a lot of like this person's like somebody's important said it. Yeah. So that's why it's being written. So I'm gonna down. retweet it. Yeah. Yeah. For real. So. Absolutely. Okay. So so there, there we are. Uh, that's some sayings of the wise. Then we get into some more stuff from uh Solomon. Um there there these section here is kind of a little more to the point. Um there's still a lot of repetition from the first collected sayings of Solomon. Um, and it's, it's so there's some interesting, we talked a little bit chapters 28 and 29 really contain a lot of these anti what, what are called antithetical sayings where you have, you know, um, one's a positive and the other one's almost like the opposite of it. And so the, mm -hmm. I guess the, the point to take home from something like that is, be aware of your situation. Understand in that situation, should I answer this person? You know, thinking specifically on 26, uh, 4 and 5. Answer the, the, the person who's of, in folly or don't answer the person who's in folly. And I think the point of having those back-to-back -back is for the believer, the person who's reading the scripture, it's to say, all right, is this a time where I should answer this person or is this a time where I shouldn't answer this person? And right. discernment, wisdom, that's that's going to grow with age. And so you learn. You, sometimes you say something, you're like, well, I should not have said anything. You, you learn when not to say things. Right. And so the next time you come around to a situation that's very similar to that one that you encountered before, you're like, you know, last time I said something, 
it didn't turn out too well. And so I'm just not going to say anything this time. And so you apply the second principle instead of yeah. the first principle. And so it's, it's a, it's a balancing act of learning when and when not to do something or say something or, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's what wisdom is. It's the ability to discern if you should or should not do or say something. Right. So, um, but a lot of that comes in here in this second section of, of Proverbs mm-hmm. uh, or the Solomon Proverbs specifically yeah. 25 through 29. And then that really leaves us with these last two chapters that mm-hmm. are kind of almost like an, an, an attachment to the end of the mm-hmm. end of the book. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so let's, yeah. let's talk about the last two chapters real quick. So chapter 30 is a collection of agar. And then chapter 31, which is the uh, <clears throat> Proverbs woman. Yeah. What's that? Chapters, What's that verses 10 through the end of 31. So up in so, verse 10. So is a collection from Lemuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are several riddles in these two chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, something interesting that me and my wife have talked about, about the Proverbs 31 woman, mm-hmm. is that... Like if you read it a certain way, there it's not about a woman at all, but it's just about wisdom. Yeah. Instead, is there's like there's not like a Proverbs thirty one woman for, for out there. It's no. it's about a man pursuing wisdom and and being um ah oh, what's the word. We're both having like, what's the word moments tonight? <laughs> it's usually just me. Um, it, but it's about a man being like so enthralled with finding that wisdom and finding the wisdom that comes from the Lord. If you find a woman that does everything that Proverbs 31 says, uh, what you have found is Wonder Woman. Because, I mean, you got you to gotta think about all of the stuff that is listed in Proverbs 31, just verses mm-hmm. 10 through the end. I mean, this woman cooks, cleans, um, hunts, gathers, fishes. Um, she does literally everything, literally everything. And and so I, I think that especially in American culture, and and I know that we rag on American culture a lot, and I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Um it's also what we know, so we're it's not going to rag on know. stuff what we don't know. But <laughs> that's true. Um, I, I'm very cynical about the things that I know, and so that's why I tend to be cynical about things like the church and Christianity and Christian culture because it's it's something that I know, and so I like to be a contrarian from internal. I like to be an internal contrarian. Um, but we have we have said, oh, we've taught girls that oh, you need to be a Proverbs 31 woman, but nobody has ever said or taught what an actual Proverbs 31 woman is. And so you got to think about, if you tell a a 13, 14, 15-year-old girl to go be a Proverbs 31 woman, you should be a Proverbs 31 woman. And then she goes and reads Proverbs 31, literally, pardon my language, but she's probably reading that going, how the hell am I supposed to do this? Right. You know, because she's like, I can't do hardly any of this. What in the world? Why is scripture telling me that I need to do this? And it's because people have put unrealistic expectations on what a Proverbs 31 woman actually is. 
Right. Well, and I think it's because scripture said, I mean, it starts with who can find a wise woman or who can yeah. find a, yeah, who can find a wise woman. And so, and then it goes into this long laundry list, almost like a checklist, which we've yeah. already established is not a, is not a, anything that we should be <laughs> trying to like, oh, we got to get this and this and this. Yeah. But like, so I, I think that's where the idea of like the Proverbs 31 woman in air quotes comes from is because you have like, it starts in verse 10, who can find a wise woman? And then it gives you this long qualifying list yeah. of what that wise woman looks like. And so am I, as a man, supposed to hold my wife to that standard? And if she doesn't do everything on that list, it's like, well, not living up to her end of the deal. Like, You're exactly right. And you got, I mean, all right. So if we tell girls that they're supposed to be living this certain way, and then we tell guys that if they don't live to this certain way, that they're not worthy of you. It's no wonder we have the divorce rate that we have in mm-hmm. the church. That I mean, the church divorce rate is really not that much different from the world mm. in reality, which is a sad, sad statistic. But because we have created through our evangelical Americanistic idea of what churches are supposed to be this idea of this is what a wife is. And then you tie Proverbs 31 to an idea of like first Timothy, where it says a woman should not teach or have authority. And you marry these two hard complementarian with Proverbs 31. And you get this husband who is this ruling master over his wife. And that's not at all what scripture has designed. Mm -hmm. And, and, if anybody disagrees with that, I will be beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. You can tweet me. You can at me. You can Instagram me. I don't care. I will. I will have this discussion with you all day long because you are absolutely distorting scripture. And I will make that case all day long because we have taken this hard complementarian view that we have talked about on this podcast um, go back to our women pastors episode. Maybe that was the RFP episode where we talked about women pastors. That was a fun one. Um, and then, and then we've married it to this idea of Proverbs 31 women. And we've said that a man should be ruling over his Proverbs 31 woman who should be doing all of these things. And now what you have created is nothing different than basic chattel slavery mm-hmm. inside of a household. Yeah. And it is absolutely distorting what scripture teaches. Yeah. 100% distorting what scripture teaches. And I'll stand by that any day of the week. Sorry, I just got fired up a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> I like it when you get fired up. It's fun. It's fun. It fires me up. So, but yeah, so that like, that's something interesting to think about, I think. And I, um, I don't, it was earlier this year when me and my wife were having that conversation about Proverbs 31. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I've never heard that, but it makes <laughs> a lot of sense. And I'm glad that somebody told, somebody told me it. So yes, but there we go. Did we just finish Proverbs? Do we did Proverbs in one week? There we go. Look at us. We're getting better at this thing. <laughs> Well, it helps when the book's not 150 <laughs> chapters long. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> so, <clears throat> oh, goodness gracious. Well, Anthony, I would like to pray for us tonight, I think. Please do turn? that because I'm, yes. I'm, I'm on 
fire right now, so I might pray like imprecatory prayers against people if <laughs> if I'm oh, right. <laughs> okay, well let's let's prevent that from happening. <laughs> so, oh goodness. Oh, all right. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the discussion that we've uh, been able to have tonight, uh, revolving around um, the book in your word of, of uh, Proverbs. God, thank you for uh, placing. Uh, these sayings of wisdom in this uh, larger narrative, in this uh, this copy of your word that, that you've given us, that you've breathed, um, that you've made good for teaching and uh, preaching, rebuking and uh, correction. And God, thank you for um, just how you've woven it all together. Thank you for all the small details that are not small to you, but... Um, that we know are is perfectly placed in uh, in there for a reason. So, God, we thank you for it. We thank you that um, we get the opportunity to have these discussions each week and and learn more about your word and you and your character. And God, I just pray that um, what we're saying here on this podcast honors and glorifies you, um, and brings uh, brings others closer to you. And uh, God, we just thank you so much for how you are moving and growing us and uh, making us more like your son. So uh, Jesus, we thank you for, um, for your great love for us. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. So Anthony, if our listeners want to find us on social media or uh, you already hit the um, email, but you can give it again. <laughs> um, where would people do that? So if you want to at the Beers and Bible podcast and, and complain because Anthony went on a rant tonight, then you would do that at Beers and Bible underscore if you're on Instagram. You can do Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can Facebook message us at Beers and Bible podcast. Just search Beers and Bible podcast there. Or you can email us at Beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. And we will be glad to respond uh, to all of your rantings and ravings about how we are wrong and we'll gladly listen to all of those objections. So send those right over and we'll be glad to listen. That's where they can do all of those things. Sweet. Well, until next week, I'm taking, I'm doing it. Do it. Until next week, we hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open and we'll see you later. Peace out. <laughs>